purely and simple, make the Word of God really more real to us. And I believe, you know, one of the things that people are going to experience more and more of is, is visitations uh, from the Lord, from angels, angelic visitations. If you look in the Bible, uh, 100 and, well, 100, at least 178 times in the New Testament, angels were mentioned. And if you listen to some of these Christmas songs we sing, it's uh, somehow it's just outrageous how, how much angelic activity these songs are about. Uh, the religious crowd would hate those songs if they really thought about them, uh, because they're all about angels coming and visiting, and because that's really what angels are meant to do. And angels are part of the new covenant. Amen. And God really wants to reinforce to our hearts the power of the new covenant that there's a lot in the new covenant that we're not walking in that God wants us to walk in. So the Lord's going to visit people, and the Lord himself may even show, show up at your door. Don't be surprised if the Lord visits you. And um, I just really want to encourage you that we're in a season now of visitation from the heavenly realm. God is really teaching the church how to access the, heaven, the open heavens. So he's going to speak to us about our lives. That's what's going to happen when the Lord visits us. He's going to speak to us about our lives. And uh, you're not going to necessarily understand what he's talking about. Okay? Now, one, that's one of the things that we, we really need to, to get in our hearts, that God speaks a different language than we do. Okay? He really does. Now, there was a, a book a few years ago that was really popular called that men are from Venus and women are from Mars or something like that. Y'all remember that? Yeah. Well, anyways, it was all about, you know, uh, you, can live in a, you can live in a house with somebody and they speak a different language. You may, both may be speaking English, but the truth is both of you are speaking a different language. Women speak one language and men speak another. You know, we tell people all that all the time in premarital counseling. And Becky tells me that all the time. We're, I haven't got that one yet, I don't think. But, but there's a different language, and God speaks a different language than we do. Okay, that's why when... He, so when Mary came and spoke to Mary, Mary didn't understand what he was talking about. And that's one of the things that we have to settle in our hearts, that God's going to come and reveal himself to you, but you're not going to understand it right off the bat. And what God really wants us to do is not be presumptuous with him, and, and jump to conclusions, but to ask him about it. Like Mary did, she asked the, this angel, what does this mean? How can this be? I mean, those were legitimate questions that God wants to encourage the, his people to begin to dialogue with him about what he's showing us. And when, when you do that, the Lord's going to begin to reveal the answers, but the answer, he may not reveal it to you right that second. Okay, that's one of the things. He may not reveal it to you that day. It may be days, months, or years before, he really, before you really understand what he's talking to you about. But he still wants to talk to you. And so we have to accept, when he speaks to us, we have to accept the lack of understanding that many times we have when he talks to us. And that's really key for us when the Lord brings the visitation. And, and, but what we've got to understand is we, we really need to pursue understanding. We need to ask the Lord. I had a, a visitation recently, and I thought it meant one thing, but when I really pursued it, was just like what I thought it meant. Okay? But when I really pursued it, it meant something better than what I thought it meant. But I would have never known that if I didn't really go after the Lord and pursue it and pursue people who could give me counsel and input on it 
Do you hear what I'm saying to you? God has more for us than we realize that He has, but many times we fall short of what He has for us because we don't really go after understanding what He has. So we need to get interpretation and understanding on what the Lord's saying to us. You know, the Lord speaks in strange ways. He speaks in pictures. You know, He speaks in parables. Sometimes what He says seems like a riddle to you. That's just the way He is. I mean, that's just the way God is, and He wants us to really pursue Him. But what He really wants us to do is when He does speak, whether we understand it or not, whether we have a real good mental, mental grasp of it or not, He is asking us to agree with Him. Just like what Mary did. Let it be to me according to your word. Okay? Let it be to me according to your word. That's really what God's looking for in His people. He's looking for an agreement with, with him, and when we do agree with God, something happens. There's something that gets released to us. Okay, there's a there's a release from heaven that comes. And in Mary's case, the release was that she got pregnant. See, God came and visited her and left her pregnant. Something when she agreed is when she became pregnant. If she wouldn't have agreed with God, it wouldn't have happened in her life. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? There's got to be this there's this agreement that we've got to do with God, where God can do what He wants to do. God can do anything. I mean, He can do, there's nothing He can't do, but He's not going to force Himself into your life and force you to, to receive what He has for you. But when we begin to agree with Him, something, there's something that happens in the spirit realm when we agree with God. And that's really what the Lord wants to do. And one of the things that I really see in this is, uh, oh, the other thing I wanted to get you on, I want to get you on, you're going to be already gotten on it, is the timing thing. Okay? When God reveals something to you, there's this timing issue that everybody has to face. Now, here's what I've concluded about God's timing. God gives no explanation for His timing in the Bible. He doesn't account for it that He says, soon this is going to happen, soon is years later. You know, it's like, soon? Come on, Lord, soon is like this afternoon. So we're not... Everybody that I know, I don't care, you can take the highest level prophetic person in the world, they stumble over the timing thing. Okay, I had this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point out our friend Marlon Magusi. Okay, this is really the Lord. Is uh, one uh, day here a couple of weeks ago, a few three, about three weeks ago, Marlon and uh, Donna Culler and Becky were in the office and they're working on some administrative stuff. So you know they're in there working, and me and Matthew decided we'd go get a cup of coffee. <laughs> I think you were with us, weren't you, Andy? We went to Starbucks and was having us a good old cup of coffee. Not knowing, they start working on their administrative organizational stuff and the Holy Spirit comes in the room and they just are overcome by the Holy Spirit. Big time. I mean, big time. They're all on the floor prophesying, carrying on, and, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Donna's calling her. She's wanting to get this job done. I've got to get this job done. Y'all, y'all messed up. The Lord's got y'all messed up. We can't get it done. She even told me at first she almost got offended by the Lord by doing it. Then she concluded, well, I'd rather do this anyway. But uh, Marlon gave me a word. The Lord's going to visit you. It's going to be tonight. Well, when somebody's under the influence of the Lord like that, you really have to listen to them. And he was really half right. Okay, he missed the timing slightly on it by about two weeks. Okay? But what he said was the Lord. The Lord's going to visit you. And two weeks later, and, and he was saying that night, I was waiting on the Lord that night, and the Lord never showed up. 
But I didn't think, I felt like that was a true word. I felt like there was something coming. And the Lord did visit me a couple of weeks later, just out of the blue, unexpectedly. And I wanted to really encourage us about the timing thing. We can stumble all over timing. Okay? Uh, let me tell you this other story. This is Anna Roundtree. Y'all know she wrote the book, The Heavens Opened. She was prophesied to by Bob Jones, and he told her there was a specific season, like a Christmas season or something like that, where God was going to visit her. And she went, and her and her husband was waiting on the Lord to visit them. At that time, had, they were sitting there waiting on the Lord, and, and the Lord never came. And she got very disappointed and discouraged in her heart because she had this great word from God. She had all this anticipation, and the Lord didn't show up. And she started getting into this doubt about, you know, all oh, this prophetic stuff is not real. That wasn't God. I mean, just started getting into all this skepticism. The next time she saw Bob Jones, she said, well, the Lord didn't visit me. And he said, well, I didn't tell you what year. <laughs> I just told you it's going to be in that season. You just need to, every time that season comes, you need to be before the Lord for Him to visit you. And one day, well, the next time, whenever that, I can't remember the season, the next time, guess what? The Lord visited her. Okay? And she had a profound experience with the Lord. She winds up writing these three books, which are really incredible books. And it, but it, see, the timing thing almost got her. So we really had to be careful about timing. When the Lord speaks to us, we need to let the Lord... The Lord, okay, he spoke to Mary and said, you're going to have a baby, but there was this nine months of time that she had to go through. It was a natural thing that she had to go and for, for her to go through for this baby to form and be birthed in her. Well, that's the same thing in the spirit. And sometimes there's just natural things of, in the natural thing of time that needs to happen to get us to where we need to be. And so we don't need to stumble and get into unbelief and doubt and all this stuff that goes on in our hearts when God speaks to us. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? But the other thing I really wanted to, to really bring to you is this thing about favor. You know, the angel came to her and said that she was a favored daughter of God. You know, and that's the first time that word favor actually appears in the New Testament. That's the first time, so it's sort of an important uh, word. And then he said it to her again. Told her two times she was favored, which I felt was significant and important that God really was trying to speak through this story about the favor of God, that God really wants His people to step into favor. Okay? Now, that's really what I believe the Lord wants you to hear more than anything else this morning. It's about His favor. Because God's favor is something that's real and that belongs to us. Okay? And there's different aspects of favor. But what I see in there, there's two things. The first I want to tell you is about the favor that, we, that, we all, that all believers have. And I wanted to read Mark 1, 11, which is one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Mark 1, 11. It says, this is when Jesus was being baptized. Then a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Okay, you are my beloved Son. I'm well pleased with you. In other words, the Lord had this favor on him at the very beginning of his public ministry before he even did anything. And what that's really saying is that every believer... Every believer has favor. If you are a child of God, you have automatic favor by being in the family. Yeah. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Yeah. It's part of the new covenant promise of God. And favor is a very powerful thing. And we all need this powerful thing called favor. It's really why the Lord chose Mary. She was His daughter. That was it. There was nothing special about her other than that. this is what I chose for my daughter to have. 
I chose for her to have this child, this particular child. It wasn't anything that she did. It was just because who she was. She was a child of God. And so we can have this favor from God that we live in continually. It's part of the new covenant. And see, what the problem I see with all of us, my, myself and the whole body of Christ, you know, in, in speaking in general terms, is that God has all this stuff for us. It's been released to us, but we're not getting it. We're not walking in it for different reasons because of maybe belief, our belief system, our theology, or whatever it is, we're, it's keeping us out. But every person needs this favor on their life. That favor right there, that's the thing that will help you in your life. That'll help you on your job. Anybody need help on their job like a boss man? A boss man that really loves you and is really like, for some reason, gives you all the best projects. And for some reason, when it comes time to give raises, for some reason he's able to fudge you a little bit the rules of the company and give you a little bit more just because you have that favor with him. We can have that kind of favor as Christians, as believers, because it's ours. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? We just have to believe it. We have to realize this is mine. This belongs to me. God died for me to have this. To be ple- for the Father to be pleased with me like He was with His Son. That can really change your life. If you're a single person, you can have people, other people, the, you know, opposite sex, if you're a single person at that age that needs, could, would like to get married, you can have a person who's... Uh, would be attracted to you that would turn out to be a great person because God, because you got this favor on you, this person's attracted to you and you wind up meeting some person that's wonderful and that you can have a life together, a blessed life together, a, a raise a family together and, and, have, and really you know, live together in the blessings of God. That's what favor does for people. If you're, if you're somebody who really, if you don't even have a job today, there's this favor that you can walk into that's already there, that's already been released in the earth that says, that's my child, therefore he can have this job. And, and jobs can be attracted to you. I remember where this one guy was talking about the, uh, well, I don't want to get into that because it's just too, too hard to explain. But here's what's working on many Christians. And I believe it's working on many of you. There's this thing called the orphan spirit that lies and lies and lies to you and tells you something that's not true and you believe it. Therefore, you don't enter into what God has for you because you're believing this lying spirit. That te- that's why where the poverty spirit comes from. There's Christians who are bound by poverty and they shouldn't be. And they're bound that way because they're listening to this orphan spirit, which a poverty spirit is a manifestation of the orphan spirit. Instead, instead of listening to the spirit of adoption that tells you something com- completely opposite. If you have a hard time believing this stuff, the reason you're having a hard time, the Bible tells us the God of this age and, and it's this orphan spirit that has attached us to something has got too much influence in your life. It's got too much power in your life and you're believing what it's saying. And what the church has got to do, we have to get radical with that stuff and say that's not true. That's not what the Bible teaches. It's not in the Bible. That's not what's in there. Read the Bible and you'll see it's not true. God wants to favor His people. He really does. But you can't get in this favor through unbelief or any other way. You get in it by accepting it, by receiving it, and by believing it. Are y'all, y'all getting this? This, is, this really can change your life. It changed Mary's life. All right, so 
so that's really like the foundational favor. Okay, that's basic favor that God wants you and I to walk in. But there's this other more advanced level, I guess you could call it more advanced, but there's another level of favor. And I wanted to read Luke 2, verse 49 through 52 to you about this. Now this was the story when Jesus was 12 years old and his parents went to the feast, the Passover feast of Passover at Jerusalem to celebrate this feast, which was, they did that yearly. That was one of the requirements. There were three feasts that they asked all the, the Jewish people to go to and go to, up to Jerusalem to do it. So they go up to this feast, and then they leave, and they're traveled. It says they traveled out three days before they realized that Jesus wasn't with them. Okay, so that was a pretty close-knit community in those days for a parent to, you know, let, let their 12-year-old be gone three days without, like, uh, where in the world is he at? So that, that was sort of what was happening. And, I, and when I was reading that, the first time I was just imagining them as parents, as a parent, you would panic, right? Like, oh my gosh, you know, where's my, my son? I mean, wouldn't we? We would be flipping over it if our kids. Well, can you imagine also, and this other thing's working in the back of your mind, oh my gosh, he's my son, and he's also God's son, and God left him for me to take care of. I think God is mad now at me about this kid. I've lost him. <laughs> Just my imagination. God, of course, wasn't mad and wasn't, he didn't, he, everything was under control, but I can just imagine him as a parent thinking, like, oh, I'm in double trouble. <laughs> I'm in trouble as a parent. I've lost, I'm a failure. And then, I'm, you know, God's going to be so mad at me. He let me have this kid, and I'm, I'm blowing it. But anyways... And so they find Jesus. Of course, they find him. He's in the, in the temple talking to these guys, just you know, you know, laying it down, laying the grace of God into this bad situation. Uh, and they sort of, you know, what? What happened? You know, and, and, he, and it says, He said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my Father's business? Did you not know I must be about my Father's business? That's what Jesus said. Twelve-year-old. See, at 12 years old, Jesus had this revelation. Okay, he had a revelation that his life, he was placed on this earth for a purpose and a reason. Okay, that God had something for him specifically to do. He had that revelation at 12 years old, which, which is pretty good. You know, I wish I'd have had that revelation at 12. It saved me some, some bad days. But they did not, all right, now get you, listen to this. But they did not understand the statement. You get that? Didn't I tell you, you're not going to understand everything God tells you? Here's a classic. They did not understand what he was talking about. They had no... And think about it for a minute. It doesn't make sense. This angel told her, told him, this is the Son of God. And, and he's saying, I'm going to be about my father's business. And they're not understanding it. It's like they're just out of lunch. But of course, they wasn't out of lunch. It's just the way it is when God speaks to us many times. We just don't catch it even though he may have told us other information earlier that would have helped you cross the... They did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. Okay, so he, you know, it wasn't time, the timing factor. He knew, he was 12 years old, he knew it wasn't time to step into this thing. Okay, he, but he knew there was something in him. But he knew it's just not time to do it. Okay, 
And then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to him, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. See, that's the key for us when God speaks to us. That's what you've got to do. Okay, you, whether you understand it or not, whether you understand the time or not, you've got to put those things down in your heart and hang on to them there. If you don't hang on to them there, you're not going to hang on to them. You got what I'm saying? I mean, whatever God has spoken to you, you've believed it was the Lord in the past, you, you know it was the Lord, you've got, and it just hasn't happened and you don't understand it, you just have to accept, I'm going to hang on to it in my heart. I'm not going to try to hang on to it in my mind. I'm just going to hang on to it here because if this God is going to happen, are, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And then it says, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. So, you know, there's these three things here, wisdom and stature. See, there's this natural thing that was happening in Jesus' life. He was growing physically. Okay, he needed to grow physically to be able to do what God had called him to do. Okay? He needed to grow in his mental abilities to be able to do what God had called him to do. See, that's the thing. Some, there's people in this room, you don't, might, might not need to grow physically. In fact, some of us might need to shrink physically. <laughs> but some of us need to grow in the wisdom from above. Okay? Instead of the wisdom from here, from earthly wisdom. God wants to give us a chance to grow in wisdom from above. And the way you get that wisdom from above is just asking Him for it because that's what He said. If you'll ask Him and receive it, you can have it. And He'll begin to release His wisdom to you. And, and it's something that we can actually grow in. And God is really doing that now. Okay, there's something God... I've told you this over and over and over. I'm going to tell you one more time because this is really the truth. Okay, I'm having this experience in my life and you, you should be having this experience in your life. And this is the experience. I have quit studying the Bible because the Bible does not tell us anywhere to study the Bible. Nowhere. You can't find it. I dare you to... I challenge you to find it. You won't find it. I've quit studying the Bible. This is what I do. I take the Bible and I say to the Lord, Lord... Come, let us sit together before your word. Teach me your word. Because I don't want to try to figure out the Bible with my mind. Are y'all hearing me? I know a lot of people have trouble with that comment, but it's the truth. That is really the truth. And when you begin to do that, the Bible says that God will open up your mind to understand the Scriptures. And that's what He's doing right now. He's opening people's minds up to understand what the Bible really teaches because we're full of other stuff. We're full of lies. We're full of deception in our hearts what we think the Bible really teaches on subjects. And there's no way for us to find this stuff out except for the Lord shows us. But God is beginning to do that now on the earth. There is an availability from heaven to understand the Scriptures. But you have to be willing to let Him teach you the Scriptures, not you figure it out with your mind. If you're studying the Bible just with your mind, you are making a mistake because everything you learn is going to come back and haunt you and bite you. And God will bring a bulldozer into your life one day if you let him and he'll push all that stuff out to bring what it really means. And I'm finding stuff in the Bible that I never really knew was in there. Chuck stood up this morning and talked about the glory. And we've asked the Lord for the glory, but you know what the Bible really teaches about the glory? That in the new covenant, the glory of God is ours already. It's, Paul says it. It's in the face of Christ. The glory can be released in the church. The reason we're not seeing the glory of God is because we don't believe it. We believe it's something that we've got to get God to do for us. And God's saying, I've already done it. It's part of the new covenant, but you won't believe that. 
So really what we really need to pray is, Lord, break this unbelief off in us so the glory can come because the glory won't come through unbelief. It won't come through doubt. It won't come through religion and skepticism. But it will come when people will humble themselves unto the Lord. It's really right on what he was saying. Let's just humble ourselves and ask the Lord to forgive us for doing bad stuff and thinking bad stuff and acting bad. And that opens the way for the glory of the God to come. It really is the truth. And you begin to study the Scripture with the Holy Spirit's guidance, you start finding all kinds of stuff in there. There's stuff in there that we didn't really know what it meant. We, added, we had some other interpretation of it that was really a, a, you know, some guy's interpretation. Are y'all hearing that? Okay. Um, so what this favor, that this second favor that Mary got was the favor that was attached to the father's business. Okay? In other words, she had favor as a daughter, automatic favor that I talked about, but then there's this other favor that God wants you and I to have. And that favor is attached to this assignment, the father's business, whatever the father has assigned to you as a Christian. And when you get, when you agree with God and accept that assignment that God has for you, then there's this other level of favor that comes with that assignment. Mary had this had the favor as a child of God, but then she also got this favor because she agreed to birth Christ. And because she agreed to birth him, she got this additional favor. So if, you, if we really want to grow in favor, if we really want more favor, then we have to really come to a place in our life where we have this agreement with God, where we begin to say to God, Lord, let it be to me according to your word. We have to begin to, when he comes and speaks to us and tells us something about our life, and this is what I've got for you, you have to agree with him. And when you agree with him, there's this favor that's on that thing. You hear what I'm saying to you? There's a, there's a favor on that thing. There's a, like a, there was a favor on, on being a pregnant woman and having this baby, okay? There was, a, there was this favor for her to, to say yes to it, for that baby to grow inside of her. And for her to, you know, to deliver that baby, for her to take that baby and nurse that baby, to raise that baby into a man and watch that man get falsely accused and watch that man be beaten and, and, and lied about and just drug around and treated like trash. There was, there was this favor. It was all part of the favor for her and to watch him die on the cross. She had this favor on her life to do that. And it wasn't probably the most incredible favor a person could have to see that happen and to experience that. I mean, can you imagine as a parent having to watch your child go through that after they did nothing wrong? I mean, it'd be one thing if they were really a hardened criminal. You know, you'd be thinking they may deserve it, but even that, I think parents of hardened criminals are brokenhearted on the inside. Just, I mean, just brokenhearted over what's happened to their child's children. <laughs> child's. But you see, God wants to release favor to people. And that favor doesn't come unless you agree with God and say yes to, to your assignment. And God wants to reveal to people their assignment. That's what He's doing in this age. Let's read that verse uh, 238 one more time. Uh, 138, Jeremy, I'm sorry. That's, that's what she, she did. Are y'all getting this? Are y'all seeing what I'm saying to you? This is really important because this is where God wants to take the church from that right now. 
And then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. According to your word. Let it be to me. Let it be to me, Lord. I agree with you. I agree with what you just said to me, God. I'm not going to say, oh, no, that's too big. Why would God, I'm too, you know, I'm not good enough. Or, oh, I don't, you know, whatever excuses people have, that's a famous one there. I'm just too unworthy. When you hear people say that, you want to go ahead and just hit them right there because that's a bad spirit. Or, you know, well, nothing else has worked out in my life. The Lord didn't visit me like he said he was last year and get all this negative doubt and skepticism on you. Um, let it be to me according to your word. How many people in this room have ever... I think I shared this with you, but I want to share it one more time. How many has ever been at a railroad crossing where a train is sitting still and you're waiting for the train? Anybody ever had that experience? I grew up in a railroad town and it was like a daily experience for me. <laughs> you, know, you couldn't go nowhere. There was railroads, there, tra trains everywhere. You knew you was going to get stopped. And then, you know, some of these trains would be like a half a mile long or maybe even longer. And you somewhere down the line the locomotive would crank up or it would be running. All of a sudden, they'd put it in forward motion and it would, there would be this jerk that would come all the way down the line. You ever heard that? How, and then you hear this sound, well, ah, this is what happened to me. The Lord spoke to me and I said, I agree with you, Lord. And when I did, I heard that jerk in the spirit realm and it was the locomotion of God's favor cranking up and starting to move and the things starting to progress. But it only happened when I said to the Lord, I agree with you, Lord. Are y'all hearing me? There's this power that comes when we agree with God. And there's also a power that comes when you disagree with God. And God's looking for people to agree with Him this morning about your life. This whole thing about the Father's house, I had to agree with God on that. I didn't want to agree with Him for months about it. You know, I didn't want to agree. But once you agree to it, then you know there's, God's going to do it because God's, that's God's job. doesn't mean you're not going to have to ride on the back of a camel pregnant or whatever she wrote on. You know, that was a rough day in her life, I'm sure. It would be rough for even people in those days to have to go to a manger and have a baby. You know, I mean, there's difficulties. I'm not saying we're going to go through a life of no difficulties. Uh, read 2 Corinthians 6 if you want to hear what your Christian life and ministry is going to be all about. It tells you a list of things you're going to go through. Sleeplessness. Anybody had sleeplessness because of what God's called you to do? Woo! <laughs> you know, Paul said you would. It's in the Bible. Don't think it's strange. It's all in there. He said you was going to go through some hard times. He also said you're going to do it in the Holy Ghost too. In the power of God. There's some good stuff in there. So I was hearing this song that phrase, let it be to me according to your word. It kept playing in my head. I didn't know it was a real song. And then I found out it was a song. It's a Christmas song. And uh, so I got Becky to, we, I found it. I found it was on the CD. And actually it's a song by, everybody knows who Kalani is. It's one of Kalani's songs. This is a profound song. It's, a, it's the Christmas song. And it's, it, really some, it really is this message. So what I asked them to do, I, asked, I wanted them to sing that song. I want us to worship that song. And I think this is what I would like for you to do. I think, I think there's people in here that need to come to an agreement with God this morning. You, 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 you know what God's called you to do. You know what He's called you. You need to say to Him, you need to make a verbal statement to Him. Let it be to me according to Your Word, Lord. I agree with You. I am with You. I'm in this deal with You, Lord. That's really what God's looking for 
I believe on, as a Christmas. If you want to give God a Christmas present, there's the Christmas present to give with Him. Agree with Him. Agree with what He said to you about your life. Say yes to Him this morning. So I want us to do this song. Worship on it a little bit. And then uh, Matthew will take and help you do that. You know, do that part. Thank you.